0: Man, he's a good father. As Olivia just said, he's a perfect father. Amen? He's perfect. He's perfect. I haven't been, but he is. Amen? There's no buddy that I've ever met that was a perfect father, but he is. Amen? We do what we know, we make changes, we get better and better, and he makes the difference. Amen? glory to God he's a perfect father we lack nothing praise Jesus father I thank you tonight I thank you tonight for your presence I thank you father for the word I thank you for revelation that your word is you speaking to us I thank you for wisdom and insight revelation Lord empowering us to to outline and embrace the restraint of our personal visions and the restraint of the vision of the house and of the church and the body of Jesus Christ, that we would choose to embrace it ha. and put it on and live in it. Praise God. Thank you for revelation tonight, Lord. Thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for all the help that you bring to us. Thank you, Father. You've not left us helpless, but we have the helper. And he's helping us. And we get that help every minute, every second of every day, all of our days. So grateful for the help, for the helper. Thank you, Father, tonight. Thank you tonight for your presence in this place, for your anointing on the word. You've anointed me to deliver it the power that your word brings into the hearts of every person in Jesus name shoo, amen Amen. and amen and amen and amen Glory to God amen I just want to remind you this coming Sunday that Robert Cameron from Wave Church will be here great man of God always brings a great word for us so come and experienced the Scottish expression. Um, So we're in our Holy Spirit series, are we not? And tonight um, is going to be the first of several. May not, uh, I'm going to do tonight and next Wednesday, but not all in succession, but uh, we're going to talk about tonight the beginnings of, of talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And um, as I've told you, I've taught a- along these lines and on the gifts of the Spirit f- for many years and got lots of messages that we preach. But as you've noticed, and how we've been ministering it, coming at it from a little bit different direction. And tonight, um, I want to look at some things. Uh, I, I just. You know, sometimes uh, when, you, when you attempt to minister something from the Word, if you don't let the Word do the work, you can, you can kind of almost miss it. You can even go beyond a natural effort to try to accomplish and to see revelation manifested about something. But just let the Word do it. And so I'm going to look at a number of different scriptures about the Spirit and about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and uh, and then at the end we we'll, we may do some things we may not. We'll just see how it see how it works. Um, but re- always remember signs will follow those who believe. Amen. Amen. So tonight, um, in John, we're going to go to John fourteen. And just as a reminder of what we've been talking about, um, I want everybody, whether you are baptized in the Holy Spirit or not, with the evidence of praying in other tongues, whether you are or you're not, I want you to say this. Say this after me. There is more. There's, more. there's much more, much more. There's more. There's more, and there's continuing to be more. But um, I know somebody else has already said this, but I've always had the, I've had this written down for years. <clears throat> but what you respect you attract what you respect you attract and there are a lot of ideas about the Holy Spirit and about the baptism of the Holy Spirit a lot of ideas but you and I need to believe in every foundational truth we talked about seven truths on Sunday that we teach in our Genesis class, and one of those is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But you can't be baptized in the Holy Spirit if you don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God. You can't be baptized in the Holy Spirit if you don't first and have already first believed in Him and, and, and experienced a second birth. You have to believe that. You have to really be convinced of it. Not just make a confession about it, but you have to believe it. And uh, if you respect and honor a truth in the Word of God, a subject in the Word of God, you'll you'll find yourself attracted to praying in other tongues, in, in believing that Praying in other tongues is a real thing. I, I'm, I'm telling you the truth that I know, I know not just a few people, but many people that have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. They've prayed with other tongues, but they don't practice it. They don't use it. They don't put it to work. They don't, they don't understand it. And we're endeavoring in in these series on the Holy Spirit to understand it. Because I want you to be attracted to praying in in other tongues. I want you to believe in it. You know why? Not just for yourself, but there's, there's a boatload of people that have a ton of questions about the Holy Spirit and about the tongues thing. And Throughout the country, there's a, a lot of people out there, a lot of pastors, a lot of churches that have had the Holy Spirit moving in their services and in people's lives, but have, are, are not giving place in services to teaching and, and, and empowering people to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. In other words, almost afraid of it. And I don't want to see that happen. I don't want to see that happen today, tomorrow. I mean, there has been a period of time in in this church, in in this ministry, where we've taken a step back and looked at things and asked God about the application of the things of the Spirit, but never not believing in it. Never not believing in the gifts. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit, and they're not weird, and they're not goofy. And, but, but the gifts of the Spirit are the gifts of the Spirit. They're not the gifts of the natural. And so, Spirit and natural are not the same, and so things of the Spirit can appear to be strange at times. But they're not going to be weird. They're not going to be something that's ungodly and puts fear on your life. You don't have to be afraid of the gifts of the Spirit or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So everybody just close your eyes. And remember, if this doesn't affect you at all, you're not the only one here. Everybody close your eyes just for a minute and l- listen. shtakara <speaking in Hebrew> shtahai Boboshta katiria matnain ke ishtokuya momoho. Deshta harada babate ni mamoshna hai. Boboshta kandi ishta hate eshna harada babakuya nahe. Yandabashta hene e ishtokuya na mate. I can go on, you can look at me. I can go on and on and on praying in other tongues. But is this real? Is it real what I'm doing? Say this again. There is more. Amen? There's more. There's more. If you pray in other tongues, there's more. If you don't, I'm telling you, there's more. Amen? And the Bible's very clear about the more. So, let's start in John 14. Did I already say that? Yeah. Verse 26 These things Jesus said to his disciples that I've spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper or the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Everybody say he. So we've talked about the Holy Spirit being a person. He's not an it, he's a he. He is a person. He's in us. And he wants us to believe in him. In back, back up a few verses in John 14 and let's look at um, verse 16 or verse 15. And he said, if you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the father, pray to the father. And he will give you another helper. The King James says, comforter, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will, be in, and, and will be in you. He will be in you. Everybody say, in me. Okay? He'll be in me. He'll be inside of me. Okay? The, the, the helper, the comforter. He said, I'll pray the Father for this helper, this comforter. In uh, Mark chapter 16... And starting with verse 14, it's one of the passages of, that we acknowledge as um, the Great Commission after some of the last things that Jesus said to his disciples before he left the earth, after his resurrection. And so, in verse 14 of Mark 16 he says later he appeared Jesus did to the 11 as they sat at the table and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen and he said to them go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature he who believes and is baptized will be saved but he who does not believe will be condemned Is it important to believe? Uh, It's important. It's important to believe. So he said here in this passage of Scripture that to go into all the world and see people get born a second time, believe. To be born again is to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, right? So then he says more. Everybody say there's more. Okay, so there's salvation, there's water baptism, but there's more. And these signs shall follow those who have already been born again. And these signs shall follow those who have already been born again. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it will... uh, and if they drink any, anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Everybody say, there's more. there's more. With the Holy Spirit, there's more. The Great Commission is to believe and go help others to believe, but then there's more because signs will follow those who believe, and one of the things that believers do is speak in other tongue. That's what Jesus said. One thing that believers do is speak with other tongues. So, a moment ago, I just, at will, I prayed in other tongues. At will, whenever I want to, I don't have to wait for God to do something. He's already empowered me. I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. I have the ability to pray with other tongues. At will, and there's a purpose behind that. There's a lot of reasons behind that. One of them we read last week about building yourself up in your most holy faith as you pray in other tongues. <clears throat> in Luke 20, and this is another account of Jesus after his resurrection. In Luke 20, <clears throat> I mean in John 20, I'm sorry. In John 20 and verse uh, 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and he said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. And he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. He said, Jesus said to them as he breathed on them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Now, this is after the resurrection. And in Luke 24 and verse 49 which is after the resurrection. Jesus said this, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power on high. If... Salvation, which is an experience with the Holy Spirit, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of praying in other tongues, is an experience with the Holy Spirit, but they're separate. Why would Jesus say receive the Holy Spirit and then tell them in the next breath to tarry to receive the power of the Holy Spirit? Because what Jesus did for the 11 or however many of them were with him right then is he gave them the opportunity for salvation right then right then they believed and they were born again but then he said to them i want you to tarry until so we see two different experiences now I want you to look at these two experiences. I'm going somewhere, so just follow with me here. In John 4, before the crucifixion and the resurrection, Jesus said this. Is there some water right there? Yeah. In verse thirteen of John four, <clears throat> I want you to follow me on this because there's something really important here that I believe every believer needs. We we all need this. In John fourteen, I mean, in John four thirteen, it says this. This is a story. We won't go into the previous part of the story, but it's the story of the the Good Samaritan woman. And in verse 13, Jesus said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. She had gotten water from the wealth for Jesus to drink. And he said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him, in him, everybody say in him, in him, in him. In him will become... In him, a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. It will be, be, you know, water is, is a representation of the Holy Spirit the same way that wind in the Bible is a representation of the Holy Spirit. But he said, within that person shall spring up and flow out of him rivers of living water. Or a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Now now look at John 7 and verse 37. It's Jesus again before the crucifixion. And he said, On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart, out of his heart from inside, will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning what? Concerning the Spirit. This he spoke concerning the Spirit whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. But has Jesus been glorified? Absolutely he has. So now, you and I, when we accept Jesus, as the disciples did in the scripture we read there after the crucifixion, after, before he had ascended upon high, the disciples received what he had given, and he gave the Holy Spirit. You and I, the moment that we get born again, we receive the person of the Holy Spirit inside of us. But there's more. Everybody say, there's more. You and I have to believe in the more, or we find ourselves living our life, having the Holy Spirit, but causing the Holy Spirit literally to sit on the sidelines and not be involved in your and my life the way he was created to be involved. Jesus said in the scripture we read earlier, I will pray the Father and he will give you a comforter a helper i will pray to the father to give you what you need jesus has never given us anything that wasn't good for us he gave us the holy spirit who is our help but when you are when you when you respect something when when you as as we've had the chair sitting here and and the empty chair is You know, that appears to be empty is where the Holy Spirit has sat in the last few services that we've that we've put the chair here. And and I've put it there to get you and help you to be more aware that He's with you always, and He'll never leave you, and He's always there to help. If I was if we were to go through the crowd tonight and each person gave a list of things that they're struggling with. Don't get me wrong when I say this because I'm saying it to myself in the same way, but we have absolutely no excuse for struggles. Oh, Pastor, you mean we're not supposed to struggle? I didn't say we won't struggle. And I didn't say that we won't have issues and things that we're faced with but there's no excuse for staying in the trouble and not having the answer and knowing the answer even when we don't have the manifestation so if the Holy Spirit is present and he's telling me something that I need to do to make something better and yet I won't do that number one I don't have the ability to tap the wisdom and the understanding and know how to get that. But if I do or I've I've had an experience where I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit and, and I've been told that the Holy Spirit's going to help me, but I don't respect that, I don't give honor to that, I don't give place to that, then I don't, I I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not attracted to it. It, it. It's not attractive to me. It's And you know what? Being baptized in the Holy Spirit and not really believing in it can be like, almost like we're in a ball and chain. It's almost, it can be almost like a, a bondage because you're always trying to get to the place where he's helping you, but you're not feeling or sensing the help. God wants us to be people that are, we're not, we're not the help. He's the help and we're being helped and then we can help other people get connected to the help. Yeah. Amen? That, and, and that's the key to all of our success. That's the key to your future. If you don't want to see yourself struggling with the same thing a year from now that you might have been struggling with today, the key is the helper. And he will help you to overcome whatever it is that you struggle with. And he said, if we're born again, that, that presence is on the inside of us. This, this uh, John 7 says... He who believes in me, as the Scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Out of him will come this. So that means it already ha- it, it had to be there. Well, that power is there through salvation, but then there's more, and the more is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But there's even more than that. It's believing in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and doing something with it, to where everything I do in life, I develop. A greater understanding of how to hear the voice of the Spirit which is a spiritual not an audible voice but a still small voice that is that is speaking to me through revelation of this word because I've chosen to put myself in a position to hear the word and then learn to hear the Holy Spirit reveal the word that I need for me on a day-to-day basis remember and we've talked about this many many times if you're a hearer of the word and you're not a doer, the Bible says in James 1 that you're in deception. In other words, you're deceived. And when you're deceived, you can come up with a lot of really strange ideas of what we think God is, but that's not really God because there's a deception. See, it doesn't mean you're bad and you're, you're a deceiver and you're like the devil or some kind of deal like that. It's that you're not seeing clearly, and so you're thinking that certain things are God and they're not really God because we're not developing the, the process. He said, well, Pastor, how, how do you know? Because you do something with what I'm telling you. You take what I'm telling you tonight, I'm, I'm giving you certain things to do, and you do those until they work. You, 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 number one, receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When you have the evidence of praying in other tongues, you pray in other tongues on a day-to-day basis, even when it seems strange, it seems weird. I, I, I don't understand it. I used to do that a long time ago. I'm telling you, today can be the first day of the rest of your life to see things happen and change that you've never seen changed. You could have been born again for 50 years, and the more, and, and, and had... had this, a certain period of time where you've kind of left the Holy Spirit on the sidelines and he's not been able to be the helper he was created to, to help You know, do, do the, the work of a helper and because of that you've been suffering because you need the help and if you're born again tonight then all you need is in there but there's more And this more experience is what causes that living water to begin to flow up out of you. And that's what tonight and next Wednesday we're going to spend the rest of our time on. Because I I want you to be able to get a hold of this in a greater way than you've ever had before. You've got it inside of you. It's there. Amen? Thank you. So, let's look at these two passages of Scripture in in Acts. Everything that we talked about before the cross and everything that we've talked about in that time period before his ascension talked about the Holy Spirit in us. Now I want you to see this. In a a couple of places, we don't have a lot of time to to go with this. Go to we can't go anymore, and then we'll finish it next week. Acts 2 and verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. Why? Because they did what he said. Right? They had gotten born again, but then he said, Go tarry, and so they did. And you know, you get that many people. I've seen the room, or at least what they think was the room where they spent waiting and tearing. And you get that many people, there's at least 70 of them were in there tearing. And you get that many people for that length of time, you're either going to Kill each other or get in one accord. Amen? And it said, they're in one accord because, I mean, something was fixing to happen. These are born-again people knowing something else is fixing to happen. Say it again, there's more. I'm telling you, there's more to your life than what you've seen to today. Our best days are before us. How many believe that today? Amen? I mean, it sounds good, but... What's it going to take for the best days to be the best? we got to tap the source that produces the best. we got to tap the source. And suddenly there came from heaven, suddenly there came from heaven, not from within them, from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting and then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and one sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I've heard some people say that you know all the disciples stopped cussing. <laughs> but they It was a new tongue. Now they're not going to cuss anymore. No, no. They were were understanding things in their own languages. They they were understanding and and, uh, the understanding of these, these tongues, but notice the tongues came and sat on them. Amen? And then what happened? They then it says they were. Filled with the Spirit, with the Holy Spirit, and begin to speak with other tongues, filled to what? Overflowing. Didn't Jesus Jesus prophesy that in those two verses that we just read in, in John 4 and 7? He prophesied that out of your innermost being shall flow these rivers of living water, right? So, how is this spirit thing, how does it get in us through salvation? But then how does it begin to come out of us in a way that it affects things in the natural world? The devil's works overtime, he's worked overtime in your life to get you to not respect the person of the Holy Spirit and respect the gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of praying in other tongues, to confuse it, to make it seem weird and strange to where people won't respect it and, and, and be attracted to it to where they spend more time doing that than they do criticizing other people. They spend more time doing that than, than they do, you know, talking about the weather. Spend more time praying in other tongues than they spend criticizing public officials. Because see, when the Holy Ghost, the helper, gets involved, all he does is do what the Father says, and what does the Father do? Just read 1 Corinthians 13, that's what the Father does 24-7. Those are the characteristics of the love of God. It's not that God loves, he is love, right? And if he is love, then that's what he does. And that's what the Holy Spirit reveals, so we don't have time to spend our days in the flesh, we, 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 we then value the presence of the Holy Spirit on a day-to-day basis. Like if he's, he's right here, but, but he's right here, but he's right there, but he's here, but he's in your home, he's next to your bed, he's there with you, he's there on your pillow, he's, he's everywhere. I mean, he's everywhere. And he's ready every minute of every day for you to utilize his abilities to cause you to advance. And that's what we were created to do. We were created to prosper. To prosper is to advance in everything we do. We were created to be that way. And you might say, well, you know, I do that in a certain area. Yeah, and you're probably advancing and prospering in that area. But in another area over here, you can't figure out why it's not working or something's not happening the way you want it to happen. But it's because he's not involved. If he's involved, it's prospering. If he's involved, it's advancing. It doesn't mean there's not setbacks or there's seasons or times because because what happens is when you get revelation in the spirit realm, it takes time for the manifestation in the natural To catch up with what's happened in the Spirit. Well, in that time period, the devil has all this time to talk you out of that this isn't really real. It's really not going to happen that way. Things aren't really going to manifest like you said. So if he can get you to quit, then you won't reap what was promised. But if we don't quit, the promise in Galatians 6, if you don't quit, you reap. Right, And if you don't quit and you stay with God and the Helper and you get convinced of the Helper, then you're not just waiting like this. Man, you're waiting with the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Being joyful and excited. I'm not talking about emotional, but I'm talking about excited on the inside. You know, you, you can have, be having one of the worst days in the natural realm, but on the inside... You're exploding because the helper is saying, you know, don't look at that. No, no, don't be moved by that. No, it's all right. That's just that all that is is a smoke screen. That's just it appears to be this way or whatever. No, no, that, that, that's not the end result. My word is the end result, see? And if you're listening to him, then all hell can be breaking loose around you. Things appear not to be working out, but you have the confidence in him. Amen. That's what the Holy Spirit brings. That's the more that we have to connect to. And the Holy Spirit comes on us and causes what's in us to begin to come out of us. Now, I'm just going to read, next week we're going to read several more, but I'm going to read one of the passages that talk about, in the book of Acts, what they saw when they were being prayed for. Acts chapter 8, and we'll just, for the sake of time, we'll just start reading in verse 4 of acts 8 <clears throat> Paul who was Saul man he was he was busy imprisoning and killing Christians I mean he was I mean death threats were everywhere um Things were happening and going on, people were scattering. Verse verse 4 says, Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. (laughs) So see, it didn't matter what what he what the threats were and and all that the Apostle Paul was threatening them with. It didn't matter because they were listening to the Holy Ghost. Because the day of Pentecost had come, and now what sat on them was stirring up what was already in them and releasing all kinds of things. And it said they didn't scatter and go run and hide. They scattered and preached the word wherever they went. Then Philip went down to the city of Ingram and preached to Christ, and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes, with one accord, heeded the things that that uh, spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed, and there was great joy in the city. Now, just reminding you of a verse we already read. And these signs shall follow those who believe. In my name, they'll cast out demons. They were casting demons out. Right? See, yeah, but, you know, I just don't understand that. You don't have to. You don't have to understand it. First time I saw a devil, a demon, come out of a person, I definitely didn't understand it. Huh? But what I saw you know, shocked me. First time I saw that happen, it literally shocked me what I saw come out of a person. And, 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 And the contortions and everything that happened as a result of us, of myself and two other men declaring in the name of Jesus, come out. Well, part of the Great Commission in the Bible, this is in the Bible, says we'll cast out demons. Now, when As we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit, we'll get into demons and how demons operate. And, and, and listen to me, if you're born again, you don't have to be afraid of demons. I don't care what you've ever seen in your closet, and, and, I'm, not, and I'm, not, I'm not joking. I, I don't care what you've seen in your closet or under your bed. Or how you've woken up in the middle of the night and, hit, and, and those demons trying to tell you how real that they are and how they're coming after you, they're going to take you out and kill you. I promise you, the devil has no ability to hurt or harm you in any way. Not harm you in any way. i got two passages i got to read there, but i got to read this one first. Luke chapter 10. And verse 19. Verse 17. Then the 70 these are the 70 disciples, this is before Jesus gone to the cross returned with joy, saying, Lord, even demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Someone shout amen to that. Amen. The devil has no power over your life in any way, shape or form. I don't care what it looks like, what it seems like, he has no power over your life. Absolutely none. He's defeated. Can you say amen? In my name, they'll cast out demons, speak with new tongues, take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it won't hurt them. Paul, and and people say, so, like, we should be snake handler people and let them bite us and then nothing's going to hurt us. And That's a bunch of, woo. glory to God. See, that's how things get so absolutely weird. Paul is actually a prisoner and he's around a campfire and a snake one of the m- most deadly snakes on planet earth at the time ro- rose up and bit him on the arm and the people that were with him and around him were watching to see him fall dead because he should have like within about 30 seconds should have fallen dead and he didn't he shook it off and, and Jesus that was the fulfillment of what was said here in the Great Commission that if something bites you like that, you shake it off. Something comes at you like that, we have the authority. All authority was given to you and I, amen, and the devil's defeated and nothing will hurt us or harm us. Okay, so your belief system for things like that have to rise. That's why you have to hear the word. That's why you need the helper to help you to understand what those kind of things mean so you don't hear me say something like that and think, oh my gosh, what am I, what am I a part of here? No, we're not carrying snakes around and you won't come in service where there's a bunch of snakes you know, and, and making sure, and we'll see if we have faith or not, and if they bite us, are they gonna take it? No, come on, come on. But there's people that believe that kind of mess, and that just, all that does is muddy the waters for people attempting to believe the, how real God is. He just, him, him, they took that passage of scripture right there, and they've tried to make handling snakes some spiritual thing. Come on. It's ridiculous. But if it happens, you shake it off. Right? That's what he said. You lay hands on the sick. Were they laying hands on the sick here? Absolutely. And what happens to them? They get well. Why? Because of the authority that we have in the name of Jesus. And the authority that I have in the name of Jesus has to be revealed to me by the helper. And the way that gets stronger and stronger is what happened right here. So it says... Um, verse 10. No, uh, where was I? Uh, Verse 12. No, I didn't. Verse 9. Okay, here we go. But there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria claiming that he was someone great. To whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the great power of God. This man is the great power of God. To whom they all gave heed from the last to the greatest, saying, this man is, is the great power of God. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time, but When they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. So they believed. They were born again. Okay, They weren't believing in Philip. They were believing in what Philip preached. With Simon, the sorcerer, they believed in his actions and believed in him. The only way you can believe in anybody is to believe in Jesus himself. See, so this shows you what's false. When when all the attention is drawn to somebody instead of him, okay, you can know that it's not right. And the only way to know the difference is to have the helper revealing to you the truth of what's right and what isn't right. And notice what he said here. Then Simon himself also believed... And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed, seeing the miracles and the signs which were done. Now when the apostles were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet, he had not fallen on them. They had believed. They had received the Holy Spirit, they were born again, but he hadn't fallen on them. How how did he come on the day of Pentecost? He fell on them. Who were the ones that, that the Holy Spirit fell upon? The ones that got born again when Jesus said, receive the Holy Spirit. He breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Receiving the Holy Spirit in that situation, when you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you've received the Holy Spirit inside of you. But in this situation right here, the sorcerer, the counterfeit, he got saved. Why? Because Philip was doing miracles and things were manifesting because he had the Holy Ghost. And he didn't know about the rest of it. Watch. And I'll end with this. And who, verse 15, and who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for as yet he had, not, he, had, he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them, then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit, and when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Peter said to him, your money perishes with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money, and not so. So Simon saw that when... The apostles laid their hands on them that something happened. Evidence manifested. They were already born again. They had already received the Holy Spirit. But when they prayed for them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and began to stir up on the inside of them what was already there. I I don't know how to explain it any simpler than what I'm telling you tonight. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is an experience that has to be respected and acknowledged and valued so that we keep doing something with it and apply it to our everyday lives so that we don't find ourselves trying to help ourselves through difficult situations, but the Holy Spirit, the helper, is actually helping us accomplish and and succeeding in the things that we're endeavoring to do. And I'll tell you this, one of the worst places to be is attempting to accomplish things in the natural that God doesn't even want you to do. So not only will the Holy Spirit help us to accomplish things, but he'll show you what to do. That We read the scripture earlier that he'll reveal things to you that are to come for you. What's in your future? He's got it. If you try to let other people dictate your future, you can glean from people. You can learn from people. You need to. You need the insight from other people. But at the end of the day, you've got to be the one that believes that God spoke to you and told you what to do at the end of the day. And thank God... For submission to authority and leaders in your life, leaders can hear a true leader that has your best interest has nothing to gain. So God will speak through leaders when you're submitted to authority and, and leaders will hear the same thing that God's speaking to you. And many times a leader will help you to overcome something where you're deceived, but it's ultimately the Holy Spirit's job to reveal the truth to you. So there's a combination, there's the best of both worlds there. And we've got to utilize all of it. But salvation and the baptism of the Holy Spirit are two separate experiences. And Jesus demonstrated it in the scriptures that I read to you tonight in John 20 when he said for them to receive the Holy Spirit. And Maybe not in the same location, but sometime in that, in that in, uh, probably several days later, he told them to go and tarry in Jerusalem. If the receiving of the Holy Spirit in that moment was the only experience, then he wouldn't have told them to tarry. And he said, and, and, and in Acts 1, it, it, the, the promise was for them to tarry for the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon them. The power. Listen. When we connect to the person of the Holy Spirit, when we have the understand and believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and we pray in other tongues, then there's not anything that can, over, can overtake us. There's not anything that's more powerful than, than, than our, in our lives because of who we're connected to. Amen. Amen? He's the all-powerful one. He's already won everything, and if you stay connected to him through the person of the Holy Ghost, there's not anything you and I can't accomplish. Not anything. Listen to me. People cannot take you down. Circumstances cannot take you down. Situations in life cannot take you down. When you're connected to the one that's already overcome. It just doesn't match. It doesn't fit. So, tonight as I'm speaking to you the challenge is to you the challenge is to me that in the lives that we have lived to this day right now this moment up to this service and the end of this service tonight the lives that we've lived today God is saying to us there's more and the only way to tap the more is to value and respect the person of the Holy Spirit and to value and to respect tongues that are the result of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and to do something with it. Because if you you value that then it becomes attractive to you and it's something that you'd not just go through the motions of, but it's something that you do because you believe it's producing for you. And, And at the end of the day, all that really matters is what we believe. Not just what we think, you know, not just what we have ideas about, but what we really down in our hearts believe. And my prayer for you tonight is greater revelation come to you, that there is more every day of your life. Amen? And I'd really encourage you to just take the scriptures that I've given you tonight and, and meditate on them. You know what? Let the Word do the work, like I said in the beginning. Let the Word do the work that you need it to do. Let it speak to you. Let let the word of God and the Holy Spirit reveal to you what more looks like for you. And, and, And what's in your future, he'll show you things that are to come. And we don't have to wait, you know, for him to show us things 10 years from now. If we take serious what we talked about tonight and we put it to work, it'll work for us every day, every single day. Can you say amen?